Here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into some uh, to our Fearless Beer Review and then we get into our vinyl pickups and that leads into our songs of the week. And then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Give us five stars on iTunes because that means everything to us. So please go do that. And... Um, that's all I got. That's all I got. So let's get into our fearless beer review. Let's jump right in. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I have this beer. It's called Even More JC's. Okay. It's from Evil Twin Brewing. Never heard of it. Okay. Evil Twin is pretty up. Pretty up. Okay. I've had a, I've had several other beers before. Actually, the first. I think the very first like craft brew maybe even the first beer i had over here because renee had come when we moved to arizona renee had come a day early and so when i got here she already had some beer stocked ready to go and one of the first one was it was called like big ass money stout and it was like 17 percent. oh my god and it was from evil twin and it was fucking delicious (laughs) sounds horrible everything about that sounds horrible (laughs) So I've always kind of attributed like Evil Twin to higher percentage beers, and uh, this is this is no exception here. This is even more JCs. It's twelve percent, not super high, uh, but twelve percent is pretty high. Yeah, that's way too high. I think they're from New York, New York City. Um, but it's this is kind of funny because even more JCs, it just has a bunch of people on the front that are JCs, such as like. Uh, J.C. Chazé, Jean-Claude, you know, just a lot of, (laughs) just a lot of J.C.'s. So, you know, that's very dumb. That's cool. I don't recognize most of the pictures here. (laughs) I don't don't even know if they're actually J.C.'s or just people that, that brewed the beer, but it's kind of funny, but it's a, I mean, like I said, it's Imperial Stout. It's brewed with lactose and with vanilla and coffee. (sighs) Everything I don't like in one beer. Look at that. Including the JCs. <laughs> Including the JCs, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I picked up um, something that I, f- at first I thought was going to be good, and then I saw who brewed it after I bought it because I didn't really pay attention. Um, I got something called Hazy Roller from Golden Road Brewery, local in, here in Anaheim. They have one like one of the worst beers I've ever had, and that's the Mango Cart, which I'm sure you've had too. Uh it, that beer is trash, and I'm kind of worried about this one because I don't think I've ever had a good Golden Road beer, ever. So, I don't know. I poured it already. It smells okay, but I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. Dude, this so, smells like... Like what? This smells like candy. Oh, God. This smells so <laughs> good. 
bitches. I mean, I hope it is for your sake. But okay, you ready to to drink this? Yeah. Why, okay, here we right go. Here. Okay, what do you think of yours? Um, it's good. Ah. It's very, very, very dark. Like last week, I had a dark beer and I held it up to my, you know, my hot light bulb. Yeah, but you can't the buy any more. You probably shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, that causes fires. And the one last week, there was no light getting through whatsoever. This one like blocks out the fucking sun. This is so dark. <laughs> this may be the darkest thing I've ever seen. Like the darkest beer I've ever seen. It is crazy dark. It's like motor oil. It's darker than oil. Oh, that is so disgusting. But that it's sounds so gross, dude. The the head on it is super thick. Like, like it's like whipped cream. I can stick my finger and I can like feel it. Like it's hmm. it, it provides resistance when I run my finger down. And that's kind of gross though. But yeah, it does sound really gross. But uh, it's it's good. It's 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 milky, but it's not quite like a, a milk stout like uh, like left hand. Some of those other really milky milk stouts those are gross i just those are nasty but mm-hmm. this is good i don't taste a lot of coffee so that's a little disappointing it's it's just it's like, for the best this is a good like pastry stout with uh with some vanilla okay well i'm glad you enjoy it at least thick yeah <laughs> all right my uh my hazy roller it, it is six and a half percent so it's not too crazy <laughs> um for a hazy it's pretty light light colored pretty light bodied um this is better than I was expecting because of my history with this brewery, but um, it's it's not bad. It's not a good uh, hazy, but it's still a pretty decent tasting beer. It has like a lot of pineapple notes to it, but not like not like the pineapple sculpin, not like as extreme as that. Ugh. But but it has like it has a little bit of that flavor, which is nice. But yeah, I don't know. It's not bad. I'll I'll finish it. Do you definitely like, not a drain board? Do you like pineapples? I do like pineapples a lot. Wow. Like, I think it's probably like my favorite fruit. Pineapples? I love pineapple. Yeah, you're such a cuck, dude. Pineapple. I would have to say, yeah, pineapple is my favorite fruit. You're yeah. so stupid. I could eat it. I could eat so much of it, but then, I, then my, but then my mouth just get, gets so raw, you know, from the acid. From the acid. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like pineapple. Oh, you're stupid. You don't. <laughs> you don't like anything. That's why. And that's why you drink stouts. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you got for your stout? Um, I mean, I just, I'm just i just starting it here. It's it's going to take a while mm. for my light to heat it up. So right now I'm doing like a 2.4. <laughs> 2. That's high. Mm-hmm. It's high for a high beer. Yeah, I don't. High ABV beer. It doesn't taste like a 12 percenter. The alcohol, right. is, the alcohol is hitting pretty well, so if you're looking for a sipper and want to get a little cray cray, then this is uh, this is your boy right here. Yeah, they're from they're from uh, looks like they're from Brooklyn. No, okay, completely wrong. Evil Twin is uh, Mount Pleasant, South South Carolina. Yeah, that's very different from Brooklyn. Yeah, where did you get the Brooklyn from? Uh, this is distributed by something called Twelve Percent oh. in Brooklyn. Okay. But yeah. the way I read it, it looked like distributed by twelve percent Brooklyn, and so I was like, I don't know what that means because okay. the beer is twelve percent alcohol, and then it's distributed by twelve percent. So I don't. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It kinda was a little weird confusing. Okay, so my uh, my hazy roller. I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll never go back to this, but it's really not a bad beer. 
so I'm just gonna have to give this like a one point eight. One point eight. Whoa. Won't go back to it, but it's it's an okay beer. Maybe if like this is the only thing they had at Golden Road, I'd I'd drink it, but yeah. Otherwise, don't care for it that much. So one point eight out of three for me, and you gave it a two point four out of three for you. I was trying to think of like I was trying to think of more JCs because like JC Chazé, I don't know if he's even on this, but what about like Jeff Corwin? Remember Jeff Corwin? Oh, the yeah, the animal guy, right? Yeah, kind of. It kind of had to step up a little bit after uh, Mr. Irwin, Steve slash yeah, John Steve Irwin. Irwin. Died, yeah. Nobody can never remember oh, his first yeah. name. <laughs> no, I. You couldn't remember his name. No, I know. I I could not because we had. A, there's a guy in our high school. His name was John. I think his name was John Irwin. He was a goofy dude. I don't know why <laughs> I got the two mixed up, but it makes no sense. But whatever. Uh, that's great. Fantastic. So throughout okay. the episode, I'm just gonna start blurting out JC names that I can think of in my mind that come to come to pass. Oh, I know one. Mm. Jimmy Chamberlain. Oh. Is he on there? I don't know what he looks like. Oh. Well, okay, never mind. He's probably not on there. He's popular, but he's not that popular. There's only Johnny like, Carson. Is Johnny Carson on there? There's only f- wait, there's only four five people on here. Okay. And they reuse some of them. Well, that's no fun. Yeah. I, at first I thought there was, because there's what, four, there's five, there's 10 bubbles, and I thought there was 10 different JCs, but I think there's only five, and they just, they dupe them. Mm, okay. Okay. Is Johnny Carson on there, though? No. These all look like, um, these, actually, all these guys look the same. Maybe it's the same guy. <laughs> it's it's the guy who owns the brewery. His name's JC. Oh, maybe it is. Or he's just like a friend of the, friend of one of, like the owner or something. Did did it just to be an asshole? Now I think it's the same guy. Now I think I've been duped even more. I thought this was supposed. I thought this was cool. Like, (laughs) Ah, that's fucking stupid. Oh man, it's the best when you get duped. Yeah, you duped a lot. I know. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's let's get into uh, our vinyl pickups and then leads into our songs of the week. So, what did you get this week or listen to this week? Pickups. Let's go. So. one thing that I got from you, several things I got from you, but one was was uh, Love Beach. Oh, you! Oh, that's right. You listened to it. Yeah, finally listened to Love Beach by Emerson Lake and Palmer, the firm, the law Emerson firm, Lake yeah. and Palmer. And this is uh, this is like their seventh, and this is yes. this is supposed to be terrible. The the cover is terrible. The oh, band no. at this time was terrible. Loved it. Everything about this was supposed to be awful. And if you if you take this record and you pretend that it's not an Emerson Lake and Palmer record. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like some nah. some of the things on here are kind of like poppy and and kind of fun. I thought mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't know, man, if 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 anybody from the 80s or I guess like the early 80s would have done a record like this that wasn't somebody huge and talented as they were, if anybody else yeah. did it, then I I would I would like this. And I think this is really cool. Knowing that it's these guys is pretty pathetic, but it's still not it's not terrible. I'm not gonna throw it all, I'm not already gonna throw it into my, my get rid of bin. This will be something I file away and then I'll purge it eventually. But it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> You know you're never gonna go back to it, just purge it. I'll go back to it. It wasn't I don't think it wasn't will. terrible. You're also more forgiving of that that era of music than I am, I I feel. Yeah. Like you I mean that that's I that a lot of style passes. of music I yeah, you do like because you some of the prog you listen to kind of delves into that 
around that era and i just i just instantly get just get turned off by like i don't don't care about that style it's It's not for me it's hard to digest sometimes but if you can kind of i don't know get over one aspect of it then it gets it gets better and you can still i mean there are still some things in here that are emerson lake and palmer there are some still really good instrumentation and the second half is is just one song it's over 20 Mm -hmm. minutes long so that kind of that kind of songwriting is still there it's it's just muddled by bullshit yeah it's just a dumbed down version of what they've always done yeah it's unfortunate because I mean, goddamn, do they have some amazing records? I mean, every though. record prior to Lo- Love Beach is fantastic. Except for, I haven't listened to Works Two yet. I still have that, but I haven't listened to it yet. But everything else I've heard from before is amazing. Crazy, crazy stuff. All bad. right, it's not bad. All right. So, what else you got? Uh, another thing, I bought two of these: one for one for moi and one for toi. But I bought Ratatat Classics. <laughs> yeah, this was coming after um, I was I was at I was at Grace the record store and I I had just mm-hmm. seen uh, a No Effects album I'll talk about and I was like okay I gotta go I I can't be I'm already spending twenty five dollars too much for me gotta go <laughs> I don't even know why check this section the R's because like in this area <laughs> it has like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and then there's like Rush. And then there's a couple other R's. And I just, I'd never go in that area just because the placards that they have, the bands, either I don't care about or I know they're going to be like 40 bucks. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I just flipped through it and then boom, right there in the front was two copies of, of Ratatat's second album, Classics. And what are the chances of two? You know, it's like with a smaller band, they usually, every record store I go to, they never have more than one copy of a record. <laughs> yeah, I like it's, it's, it's so weird. weird i know it's, it's so bizarre so it doesn't make any sense but uh, like clearly because there was two i just i was like okay we have to buy this because it's such a banger of an album oh it's so good and i've never seen this out in the wild and i've been thinking about buying this online too and it's always like 20 25 bucks so it's not like i'm getting put out here but dude it's just such a fucking banger of an album and it sounds so mm. great i mean like the kid a album you you listen to it's it just sounds really good. Like the lows are very, very low and the, you can hear them really well. The high parts when matched with the lows, they're kind of on their mm-hmm. different like frequency or something. So they're, they're both, I don't know. They're, they're both placed really well to where you can distinguish both of them. Okay. So I, I don't it know. A, it's, it's a good, is it a, a single album. LP or what? Yeah. Like it's, a, it's a single. I mean, that one's only like 40 minutes long. Yeah. Would have been cool if it was a little bit longer, but I, it just doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. All instrumental. There's, there's no talk. I think one, like the only or the closest it gets to talking is just the cat noises. Yeah, but even that, yeah, the you row. wouldn't consider that. Yeah, it's so, it's so like startling when it happens too. <laughs> like it always catches me off guard every time. I, I remember the noises. I remember the first time I heard Ratatat. I worked at Virgin. Mm-hmm. Or I was working at Virgin Records, and this guy, Evan, used to drive me home. Because he was older and cooler, I guess, whatever. But I was still driving at that point. Why would he drive me home? I don't know. I don't why. know. Why would he drive you home? I was like 20. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had a car, too. I think that was after your Mazda, too, so you had a nicer car. Maybe there was a brief period where I didn't drive or something. I don't know. I just remember being in the car with him, 
and he was he was like, oh, like what do you listen to? And then I, I quoted like my other the other dude I used to work with, Jerry, who got me into a lot of like mm-hmm. reggae. Jerry, I don't know sometimes Jerry. Jerry got me into a lot of like jazz <laughs> and reggae, and that's that's how I got into that genre of music. But Evan was the one that got me into this. He's like, what do you listen to? And I just was like, oh yeah, dude, Jerry got me into. Then I started naming off all this stuff. So well, check this out. See if you like this. And he put on Loud Pipes. Dude, I'll never forget Loud Pipes. Like that was the first Ratatat mm-hmm. song I ever heard. And it's on this album, halfway through, and it's just it's just a fucking banger. I remember where we're going. He didn't used to drive me home. We were going to a party. <laughs> remember Virgin Kim, my friend? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we were going we were going to meet up with Virgin Kim to go to a party. That's what it was. He wasn't driving me home. I was in his car. He was driving me somewhere, <laughs> and it was nighttime. I assumed it was um, we were going to a party. Okay. Yeah, Th- that makes more sense. Because I was that was a grown ass man. Like, people don't drive me home. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever. It's true. So yeah, dude, Ratatat, you got one comment. It's fucking fantastic. It sounds fantastic. Amazing yeah. album. I'm stoked. Uh, the same day, like I said, no effects. Pump up the val- Valium. Valum. Valium. Valium. Uh, I've always said Valium. It's Valium, yeah. Because it's supposed to be it. Valium, and it, but they change they change the spelling to avoid like a, a lawsuit. Oh, or a lawsuit, yeah. A cease and desist, like like the Melvins had done with uh, like Lysol or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior years, <laughs> so um, stupid. But this is this is NoFX eighth album from two thousand, and like I know they have a lot of albums before, but when you read, mm-hmm. like this is their eighth, you just think like, damn, dude, they put out a lot of fucking music beforehand. I know it's crazy. Mind and you, that was over twenty after. years though, too. I know. So it's crazy. Like they were already twenty years as a band, pretty almost twenty years. By the time Pump Up the Volume came out. That's nuts. Give them credit, man. They're still kicking. They're still 40 going. 40 years later, and they just put out a new record two weeks ago. They're still putting out the same music. That's cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this, this was their last on Epitaph, too, before they went to um, Fat Records. Yeah. But uh, this is my personal favorite NoFX album. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is the one that got me into them. The song that got me in was like a B-side from this, Bath of, of Least Resistance. Oh, I love from that the song. the Punkorama 2001 comp, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I got that was that. the first No Effects I heard too. Yeah, that was the first No Effects song I heard, and then I got this album thinking it was going to be on there, and it wasn't on there, and I was kind of bummed. But listening to it over and over, I I I, I started loving it. And that's why I mean, nostalgia and whatever. It's my favorite. But yeah, mm-hmm. Bath of Least Resistance is a fucking banger song. Nothing new with the album, but it's a good song. No, yeah. Well, I think Pump Up the Volume is probably the it's their third best. I'd say their third best. For sure. What's your second best? Coaster, for sure. What's your first best? Heavy Petting Zoo. Oh, that's right. Oh, I love that record. You're a dummy. Fat that's, Mike, I forgot about Fat that. Fat Mike was just talking about it on a podcast recently, and he was talking about how, how he, he hates that, or the whole band hates that record because of the way the, the guitars sound. and like they It was like them trying to like emulate an, a metal sound, but it didn't really work for them, so he said he hates it. Yeah. I don't know why. It's such a killer record. It's so different. Love Heavy Bedding too. Mm, Hate the well, cover, but love the album. The co- vinyl cover? You know, it's like... The vinyl cover is way worse than the CD cover. We're pretty, we're pretty like, open to, to most <laughs> visuals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, as far as, I don't know, as far as anything music is related or concerned, anything visually music related we can pretty much tolerate but that's one thing that i just i've never been able to kind of wrap my head around <laughs> it's so vulgar and it i feel like <laughs> tipper gore or something like i just i'm like just shocked by it. i'm shocked and disgusted 
and it's like and it's a painting too like it's not even like a real picture <laughs> it's so dumb and and another thing is that they they created two separate album covers for that one is more offensive than the other but what, the which other, one do you think the, is more offensive the, the vinyl cover for sure why when the, the 69ing but the other one is like it's like jacking off the sheep it's like molestation of an animal so is the so is the vinyl one. They both are. I I don't know. The, the vinyl one is just like I weird guess. for me. It's just see, like even just thinking about it and talking about it's fucking weird. <laughs> it really is. It's so dumb. I think it might be the only album cover that I can think of or that I've ever seen that I'm truly uncomfortable looking at. <laughs> I think you're right. Or maybe that that what is it? Blind Faith. That record. Oh yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, too. that's a really weird one. But yeah, that's you're right. That that one that one's weird. Just I don't know. I don't know. But let, let's move on. I don't want to. I don't even want to think about on. that that I album cover anymore. More weird stuff here. <laughs> okay. Well, another one you gave me. Uh, this band called Chase. Yes. Yeah. This this jazz this jazz rock prog thing. Their album uh, their second album called Enea. Yes. Enea, which I guess is like Greek for for nine. There's nine people in the band. Kind of cute. Whatever. Like Slipknot. This is uh. This is 1972. Like I said, this is their second album. They only made three albums because mm-hmm. there's a plane crash that killed like half their members, and like they stopped making music. Obviously, so yeah, that kind of sucks. But uh, dude, I like this. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Well, I'm glad. My you biggest it. problem. My biggest problem was the trumpet's so fucking loud. <laughs> it's just it's like crazy loud. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand now after I read a little bit about it, but it was just so annoying that it was so fucking loud in the mix. Yeah. I but know. that's the dude. That's like Bill Chase. Bill Chase, the leader of the band, he plays lead trumpet. So he turned wow, himself up in the mix. Let's, yeah, let's put myself up in the mix. <laughs> what a douche. Fucking man. annoying. It's so annoying. But uh, dude, the second side is just one long song, and it's really good. And there's like nine parts to it, and it it, it wanders around. It's fantastic. Nice. Oh, I'm I'm glad you enjoy it because I mean, when I was going through my stuff to purge, I just kind of was looking at it. I'm like, I've listened to it twice. I'll probably never listen to it again. And that was it. Like I just, I don't know. It's it's definitely not bad. But I mean, out of all the prog records, I have some really great ones, and I don't know, never listen to it again. I will I will definitely listen to this again and I'm going to try and look out for their first album and their third album because I'm sure they're probably dirt cheap. Oh, I'm sure. I, I paid $4 yeah. for that one. And that's $4 yeah, here in California. So, so is, I'll probably find all those for free. Yeah, probably. But I've never, I've only ever seen that record in stores. Even I, when I was at Glass House last weekend, I saw four copies of it. Just randomly. Like this one? Yeah, of that one. Yeah, I've I come across it quite a bit. But it's always like between I mean, four and like seven dollars. So, like, like the the dude Bill, I think his name is Bill Chase. I deleted it already. Yeah, Bill Chase. He was already a like a, a well known trumpeter, trumpeteer, trumpeter. I'd say trumpeter. Yeah, trumpeteer. He was already a well known trumpeteer, <laughs> and like he <laughs> played with a bunch of <laughs> he played with a bunch of like well known jazz musicians, including like Stan Kenton. Like he, so he's been in the jazz scene mm-hmm. for a while, like in in the seventies and and even before that in the sixties. So it's kind of cool to hear like the jazz in this because there is some definite jazz stuff in this, and the way they blend it in with with like the rock, I think is really cool. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It's just that trumpet was so fucking loud. Yeah, no, I get it. I I totally get it. 
Well, good, good. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad you enjoyed something I gave you. So, yeah. What else you got then? I finally listened to um, uh, Mike Mike Oldfield's records, Omadon, and then Urges Reg. Oh Ridge, yeah, 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 Reg. What'd you think? His second and third album, uh, they were good. I thought, I thought, I thought Omadon was better. The songs were better. Yeah, I thought, but that I too. thought Ur- Urges Ridge as a whole was better. Like if you broke down Omadon, I think the songs head to head would have easily won. But Urges Ridge. I thought flowed really nicely. It, it was, was more it was like, more of like a concept album. It was more ambient and it was a little more relaxed and chilled out than Amadon was. Both good, yeah. both good, but yeah, I, I I know what you mean. I know what you. But mean. I do. They're, they're they're fantastic, and and I mean, or this is fantastic. something I. Yeah, he's fantastic. Well, he has a lot of people on play with him too. It's not yeah, just him. but it's mostly him. <laughs> two Bleeder Bells was almost all him, but these two he had like, including. I don't know, like his his uh, his sister or something was on mm-hmm. this, and then his brother and his uncle and his neighbor. That's <laughs> how you list things in that voice. Yeah, that very obnoxious voice. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, dude, I paid like six bucks for both of them. Can't beat that. So, I mean, it's solid yeah. music. It's good stuff. Solid music. Okay. I also finally listened to in the first batch we got. I, I got a War of the Worlds. Oh. spoken word thing. Yeah, I remember that. Right? I really wanted it, and I was pissed that you got it before me. So, like, just forcing myself to go through my backlog, I I found this one, and this is the, the this is the full 1938 radio broadcast presented mm-hmm. by Orson Welles, mm-hmm. like the full thing from beginning to end, 60 minutes long, and I mean, it's it's good, it's dated for sure, but you're not really mm-hmm. listening to it for like the broadcast. You're listening to it because you know, the lore, you know, the story yeah. surrounding the event. Yeah. And that's what makes it so rad. The history of it all, the, you know, how, how historical that whole event was. And then, was- and then like, so like reading about it, it was cool because they tell you in the beginning that it's fake. Mm-hmm. And then they tell you multiple times throughout the broadcast that it's fake. <laughs> like here's Orson Welles back again, reading this or H.G. Wells is whatever it is. So, like, they tell you multiple times. So, the fact that people didn't understand was is is funny. But then also, like, during the show, local police came. And then, according to, like, the producer, you know, obviously, people hyperbolized the situation. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, first it was, like, two. Then it was, like, six cops. Then it was, like, 15. <laughs> and they're all trying to get into the into the booth to shut it off. And then Orson Welles just keeps on reading. And I was blocking the door. And so, oh I don't know. God. Just that so guy. So dramatic. But there's got to be like a middle ground, right? Either yeah. one cop showed up or 15 cops showed up. Regardless of any cop showing up, that's cool. That's cool to think that like somebody cared enough to send a patrol guy out there to tell these people to shut this off. And they're like, nah, we're not going to shut it off. <laughs> I think that's so awesome. It's so it's so stupid and so fuck you. I, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. But but then I was reading too, like like a lot of the studies that were done after it ended – like including like calling thousands of nearby residents, polling citizens, and categorizing thousands of letters that were sent to the studio. In most cases, 20% or less of the people even heard of the broadcast or even less were even aware of any kind of panic that was going on. Really? So all, like, all of this panic that we hear, all, you know, all this uprising, the mobs in the streets, that was hyperbolized quite a bit. Wow, I didn't know that. Damn, uh, that the, kinda, the show that wasn't like, popular. That kind of like ruins the whole 
the whole myth and everything about it, you know? And then, and then like the show, so like the show wasn't even that popular anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it was scheduled to be on a certain night, but then for some reason they changed it to a different night. And this night had just happened to be like Halloween Eve. So it was October yeah. 30th. And so it's just, I don't know, not a lot of people were even listening. I'm sure there were probably, you know, a thousand or a couple thousand people that were freaking out about it, but definitely not the countrywide panic we've, yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've been led to believe. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Not at all. That's, that's a little bit disappointing to be honest. Well, I mean that, dude, that is, this whole story is, 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 is essentially our society in a nutshell, right? Well, that's we, true hear, too, yeah. we hear a snippet of something, we run with it. Mm-hmm. Then we like we we hyperbolize it, we we blow it out of proportion, and then years later we look back on it and say, "Oh yeah, we fucked up." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. We're such idiots. Really so that are. was fun. I did, that was a double. That was a double LP. That was that was a good listen. If you ever see that, you should pick it up. Discogs has it for like three dollars. Really, that cheap? Yeah, Damn. it's not. I've seen it for like I think twenty five, but I'm not going to buy oh! twenty five. That's too much. Yeah, way too much. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, this 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 group called Soul Survivors. I don't I don't know. I can find a lot of information about them, but this was this was uh, a purge, and then and then Sloan got rid of it. I picked it up, listened to it, and it's just electronic dub music from like two thousand one. Hmm. Okay. It's only three. It's only three songs. One song, the first side plays at forty five. Mm-hmm. Two songs on the second side play at thirty three. That's oh, I remember you telling me about that. That's so weird. So <laughs> it's, just, weird. it's weird, weird but cool. And again, like this looks to be this group's or this person's only release. And the only thing I can find about this group is that they were they were on Hoodwink Records from like North Carolina or some shit. And that record label puts out a lot of house and electronic music. But there's another artist, like another like R and B group called Soul Survivors, which makes sense. And so. Mm. I, I could find like nothing on this, but it's it's fucking good. It is really, really good. I cleaned it up and it sounds pretty damn good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty cool. Like not in really in the vein of de facto, right? Because it not, is not not quite that intricate. It is it is very much like de facto de facto, but not that intricate. Okay. It's a little more dumbed down. All right. I'm interested. Is it on Spotify or no? No. Not on is it even on YouTube? Uh, I didn't check. I hate no. YouTube. <sighs> <laughs> worse sometimes. Next time you're out here, I'll just throw on the vinyl for you. <laughs> okay, and then I'll steal it from you. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. I I finally traded my Elvis Costello records. I mm. I just felt bad selling them because they're not they're not like mine, and I got them in my first batch, and the person that gave them kind of gave them to me is incapacitated, and I, I don't know. I the the sentimental value is higher than than if I were to want to sell them. Mm-hmm. So I decided to trade them. I, I went on our Facebook group that we're in, and, and some some girl traded me a Grateful Dead record. They're live, they're they're, they're Europe '72. It's a triple LP live one, and it documented like their European tour from that year. Yeah, and uh, like this is, if you've seen this, I mean, like if you saw this cover, you've probably seen that that rainbow with the boot coming out of it. Oh yeah, it's a very I've seen popular that. Yeah, image. Yeah. But until until I started getting into the dead when we're doing the vinyl stuff, like, I didn't know that was the Grateful Dead. I just assumed it was probably some stupid eighties band because it it is ugly. <laughs> it is really ugly. It reminds me of like it's, a leprechaun. I don't know. Well, I guess because the the rainbow, but it's just it's just it ugly. ugly. Yeah. 
But this is this album is like crazy popular with Deadheads, and it's it's so popular that in 2011 they released a CD box set, which is like 70 CDs. And oh it's, yeah, you and it has that link. It has every <laughs> single show that they did in 1972. Just in one that one year. Just in that one year. Oh my god, that is so stupid. But I mean, these shows a couple hours long. It's like I, it's just unbelievable. Seventies plus wow. CDs from one and, year. That <laughs> wow, that's some like Mars Volta next level shit right there. Wow, <laughs> it's so dumb. That is very dumb. <laughs> but dude, this this is I love this so much. This is exactly what I've been looking for as far as like what I want from the Grateful Dead, like their studio stuff. Like my favorite is Working Man's Dead. Their, their shorter songs I think are great. I think they do a good job of condensing their live stuff mm-hmm. into studio stuff. But then I have a couple, I, I think I have like three or four different live ones they have and they kind of expand. They get a little more jammy, but then this one comes out and it's just, it, it like triples it, right? Cause there's three LPs and yeah. essentially like the last disc you could kind of, make it four songs and it's just like they fucking probably sing like two lines <laughs> and it's just them jamming and it's they go from fast to slow to like hard to soft to at some point they just stop entirely and there's a silence and it's it's absolutely amazing i love it so much wow. i think it's so good i'm so happy that i traded the Elvis <laughs> costello records for this man your your uh your dedication to that band is surprising very it, all, it all started, dude. It all started with a freebie that I got from the guy that gave me the Elvis Costello ones, Noxo Moxola. Oh, that's right. Like yeah. their second or third album. Wow. So it started, baby. Uh, did you get rid of all of the Elvis Costello? No, I still have five. Oh, damn. Okay. What are you going to do with those? But, I don't know. I'll probably put them in my, um, in my get rid of my purge pile. But, and not, then, but not to actually sell it. Are you going to try to trade again? Yeah, I'll probably I'll, once I get a lot of them, I'll probably trade him in Daldo, see if he'll give me some money for him. Because mm-hmm. I already got rid of half of them, so now I don't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, I tried. Yeah, no, I tried. You tried. You tried. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Wishbone Ash. What? I talked about this group like a couple months ago. I got one of their albums in a, a lot that we did, and I got their second album. And I thought it was really good prog, mm-hmm. but like. Blues rock, prog rock. It sounds so kind so familiar. Of, I, I vaguely remember you talking about it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit different than kind of like the ELP stuff. So it's it's more like blues rock based prog. But I have I I got their first album and their fourth album from seventy and seventy three, nineteen seventy three, mm-hmm. respectively. And and they are they are known for their use of like harmonizing lead guitars, mm-hmm. and like so much so that. They've inspired, or, or, or a lot of groups have said that they've been highly influenced by them, like including well-known metal rockers like Iron Maiden and Metallica. I've said that Wishbone Ash are highly influential in the forming of their of their music, and so it's it's really good. Their fourth album kind of starts in this downhill thing with a little more folky and poppy path that. I wasn't really ready for at the time, but their first album and their second one, dude, those are fucking bangers. Absolute bangers. You're talking like you got two guys that are just, they're not even shredding, but they're doing some 
weird intricate stuff on the guitar and similar to like the Mars Volta where somebody's kind of like like Omar's kind of picking those weird notes randomly yeah and then somebody else or even if Omar's just dubbing it himself you got this other one that's kind of doing like a lower thing but doing opposite of what he's doing yeah just like an opposite scale almost and it's and they like they start at the same place and they go off on their own for like seven minutes and they come back and they meet and it's just it's magnificent. It's just, it's glorious. Huh. Okay, I mean I'm, I'm actually genuinely interested in this now, dude. And then listen to this. So these guys, these guys, before they were signed, they were opening up for Deep Purple before their first record came out, 1970. And Richie Blackmore was doing like a sound check. He was just on stage and he was kind of just jamming along, noodling. Yeah. And so Andy Powell, who's the co-lead guitarist slash lead band leader for uh, Wishbone Ash. He jumps up on stage and starts jamming with Blackmore. And Richie Blackmore's so fucking impressed that he goes to MCA and tells him to sign this band. Really? Because they're fucking amazing. Oh, damn. Okay. And then they get Derek Lawrence, who produced the first, the first three or four Deep Purples, to start producing the Wishbone Ash albums. Interesting. So. Do, you, are, do you normally see them in the wild? Just because now I'm looking for them, yeah, I do see them. But I bought, I got one for free. I actually got two for free, and this one I bought for three dollars. Okay, okay, that's not bad. I mean, I pick it up for three bucks. If I see their second album again for three dollars, I'll just pick it up for you because it's really good. Okay, is he is the that one guy Andy Powell? Is he related to Cozy Powell? I don't know because he Cozy Powell was a. I mean, he is a, or no, I think he's dead now. But he's a he was a popular drummer. He played for Sabbath, Rainbow, uh, a couple other bands too. I, oh, he he also played with uh, ELP for. I think he wrote lyrics for ELP as well. Okay, I, I maybe. wonder I if they're related. I don't know. I just was wondering. I was just curious if you knew. Okay, I don't know. You don't know. Okay, never mind. Then. I probably should have known. I don't know. All right. All I right. did a little bit of research, but not a lot of research. Not enough. Not enough. Not to enough my research. Question. Yes, correct. I mean, can you ever do enough research? Well, you can. But you chose not to. Can you? Yeah. Well, yeah. You chose not to. I also bought <laughs> a brand new album, like Still in the Shrink. Ooh, okay. I don't, I don't do it a lot. You but don't do that little drop kicks. Sing Loud, Sing Proud. Mm, okay, yes, yes. This is their third album, 2001. This is their first one produced by Ken Casey. They were previously, I didn't know until when I was researching it, but the first Do or Die and then The Gang's All Here was produced by Lars from uh, Rancid. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And they're signed. They were signed to Hellcat for a long time, so I guess it makes sense. But it's kind yeah. of funny because this was like their first Sing Loud, Sing Proud. Their third one is kind of their first one away from like the straight punk sound. Because Do or Die and then the Gangs All Here are very punk. They're, they're the same record. The only difference between the two is just the lead singer is different. True. Yeah. But this one kind of incorporates a lot more folk and a lot of like Celtic chants in it. And they eventually expand on that more, as as we know, going into or uh, what's their newest one? Eleven short stories of pain and glory. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is like well, the beginning. a lot of like ballads. Yeah, this is like the beginning of of this era of Dropkick. And era. Yeah. This is my. This is probably my second favorite from them, besides Do or Die. It'd be this one next. Interesting. I just. Okay. I I think this is the perfect blend. This is the perfect blend of of the Do or Die sound, and then of. Being the Dropkick Murphys, this is the first time they actually employed, like the bagpipes, the 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 fucking um, what's that little guitar called? But it's a little tiny mandolin. thing. Got like yeah, the mandolin. 
you got oh it though. Oh my god, I you do. I have one right here. Yeah, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, this is this is fan. Are you? It's yeah, it hangs up on my wall above my desk. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, okay. Yeah, so like this this is just a fantastic album. Let me fuck man, I should have I should have already had this queued up, but I didn't. Oh, well, you blew it. Uh, Maybe I can so, look it up. I don't know. What are you trying to do? Oh, no, there it is. Got you right here. I just texted you something. So this opens up with a Boston College fight song for Boston. Like, for Boston, for Boston. And you just think, like, dude, these guys are such cucks, man. Like, they lean into this Boston thing so hard. And it's so <laughs> it's so goofy. If anybody else were to do anything like this, it would just be so dumb. But because they've done it from, like, day one till now, they get, like, a pass. Because it really is goofy. Yeah. Well, you just sent me a, a, a map. Yeah, so the cover art for this album, this is 2001, mind you, the cover art for this album, I guess was like a mural that was done, and it's on the side of, I don't know if it used to be a bar, but now it's like a liquor store, but okay. it's still there today in Boston. So <laughs> I think it's just fucking cool. I, like like similar cool, to that yeah. Grand Funk Lives under in, uh, in uh, Michigan. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool to see a, a community love a musical artist so much that some stupid painting is untouched on the side of some shit ass <laughs> wall on the side of a liquor store. I think it's so red. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, these, these guys are awesome. They're just, they're, it's just good fun music. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's, it's really fun. I've never, I've never not enjoyed myself when I've listened. Solid stuff. <laughs> Solid uh, stuff. Good times. I'm just, I'm just I'm giggling. I'm having a good time already because the dropkick <laughs> movies are so they're so goofy though. Like they're so fucking corny. You're absolutely right. They are, but uh, they're great. That and when we saw, uh, we've only seen them once, right? Or at least together, we've only seen them once. Come along, gang. Right? <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I can't believe you heard that. <laughs> that was the beginning of your song. The song oh. of the week. <laughs> oh, dude, the song of the week. Okay, yeah, I think we've only seen them live once. And that was at Soma with yeah, uh, Pat when Pat. We, Pat came with us. That's so weird. Pat of all people, fucking goes to a concert with us. Yeah, I. That was that was a fun show though. They put on a good show. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that leads me to my song of the week. I got this album oh. from you. It's it's Katarina Valente, and uh, her. It's this is her first. I think this is her first album. Like the first official album that she did this was 1956 this is an mm-hmm. oldie but giddy it's it's like a pop latin pop thing and dude it's a fucking banger and this album is really good and she this girl can can speak like five or six languages and then she can like sing in an additional like three or four language that's so, so weird she is just she's absolutely amazing but the thing i chose for you to play was she was in this movie called Here I, Here I Am, Here I Stay, which was like a German musical comedy. Yeah. Watching the video, I, I wasn't sure if it was, it was the, the song was supposed to sync up with the video because it, a lot of moments it does not sync up with the video. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's from 1959. Mm-hmm. It's a West Germany. It's a, a musical comedy. But what I thought was really weird and, and very interesting was Bill Haley. Bill Haley in the comments, as, as we know, is... Mm-hmm one of the pioneers, if not like top three most important dudes in, in, in like rock and roll history. And he had this little, he had this little jig with her and it's so good. It is like mind blowingly <laughs> good. How did you find out about this, this collab, this collaboration? So I was, I was listening to her hi-fi Nightingale album. And then this is one that we got in our original bin. And yeah. I wanted this one 
because I you know I, I did those little like two minute research things on each album that I kind of like wrote wrote about it a little whatever. But yeah. I wanted this one, and then you chose it, and I was kind of bummed about it. I totally forgot about it until you brought it over, and I was super stoked. And I listened but you to didn't it. Say anything. You didn't say anything when, when, well, when you were I looking s- through my stuff. I said I wanted this to begin with. I didn't know how this was going to be this good. Oh, yeah. I had no yeah. idea. I had, I had some idea, <laughs> but <laughs> but there's a I lot of songs. There's, there's a lot of songs that she sings in, in, in like Spanish and Portuguese and like all the other 45 languages she knows. And so just like reading about her. And then at some point I, I was looking through her, film, her filmography Mm-hmm. And she'd been in like, you know, 10, 15 movies, pretty much all overseas. But I don't know. I was just clicking through them. And one, I saw Bill Haley and I was like, what? Like Bill Haley was in a movie too? Because first of all, he's ugly. And <laughs> it was just kind of cool to see both of them in a movie together. And Like this was absolutely fantastic. Like dude, the birth of rock and roll is right uh, here in this, in this video, right? Even though it was in Germany, but. But like that's what rock and roll is. I mean, that's what all new music is. That's what all new genres of music are, right? Because you see the old guy. There's an old guy in there who, who kind of like, what the fuck is this music? I don't like this. This is not, this is not Lawrence Welk. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of like slowly dances and he catches himself and stops and then slowly dances. Oh my god, dude, the way she dances in this, <laughs> bro. Like I've, she may replace Regina Spector in like my top list. No. This is on. I was no. that. I was that blown away. Regina. Regina has been my number one female singer, like since I first heard "Begin to Hope." But this is, dude. Katarina Valente is absolutely phenomenal. You're getting ahead of yourself. You know, absolutely is, phenomenal, and just it, it is such a cool video. And it, it's cool, yeah. So I'm gonna play uh, the song here. It's uh, "Viva La Rock and Roll" from um, Bill Haley and the Comics Comets with Katarina Valente. Come along, gang, and rock with me. Viva la rock and roll. On the boulevard in a gay Paris. Viva la rock and roll. Are they rocking? Are they rocking? Brother John, brother John. Rocking on the right bank, rocking on the left bank. All night long, all night long. Yes, they're rocking, yes, they're rocking. Sister Jane, Sister Jane. Rocking on the right bank, rocking on the left bank. Of the same, of the same. Viva la, viva la. There it is, Katerina Valente, with Bill Haley in the comments from that German movie. There you go. It's called "Here bin ich, here blib ich." 
wow. Here I am, here I stay. <laughs> uh, you could tell it was a comedy, too, because in the video it shows this old man starting to like dance, and then his wife. That's the guy, dude. That's the guy that starts to like rock and roll. <laughs> you should watch the movie now, see if it's that good. If I ever see, because House of Yous, even though I hate going there because it's a garbage place to go to, they do have a lot of like musicals and older movies. So I am gonna, probably going to go this week and see if they have this here because I would love to see this. I Honestly, you could, it's probably on YouTube. The entire movie I, is I probably on YouTube. I don't watch YouTube. Even though I sent you a link on YouTube. You're so fucking, I know, seriously, you make no fucking sense. Yeah, whatever. No sense at all. What did you What did you think? Do you like this? Do you think it was I thought okay? it was great. I thought and she was great. Proportion. What do you think here? No, not at all. I think she's fantastic. And then the song that you sent me a couple of days ago, of the song actually from the record, I was yeah, I was bummed I didn't keep it. Like <laughs> it was really good. It was really really good. I shouldn't have purchased it, but Fiesta Cubana. If I come across her, I'll, I'll probably buy a record or two from her because I, I imagine they're only like a dollar, maybe three dollars at the most. So I don't no, even know really why. Good. I don't even know why. Like I was so interested in her to begin with. I think it was just that record specifically because I like to start. I mean, if I have an option, I like to start at an artist's first album, right? Yeah. And like jump in like on their eleventh or twelfth or some of these jazz people. And, you know, their thirty-fifth album. I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah, something something I like to do. And and that one caught my eye because it was like her first. So, how many records records does she have? Did you look it up? Not, I mean, I'd imagine like, she had a lot, but I don't know. Because so she has records in South Africa. I'm looking at it right now: South Africa, Japan. She has right. She has a lot in Germany, Australia, UK, Colombia, Argentina, Peru, Brazil, and then a fuck ton in the United States. Hmm. I wonder if she had so many in Germany because of that movie. Had to have been. I. But she's from France. She's from Paris. So I, oh, I don't know. okay. Yeah. Well. I don't know. That's weird. It was good, though. It was good stuff. She's still alive, too. She's 90. Oh, damn. This girl's awesome. I was fucking blown away. We should do one of her albums sometime. There, there are certain times. Like, now that we've started collecting the vinyls, mm-hmm. it's like we get to experience this music kind of in a different format for the first time. Almost every show we've ever been to, for good or bad, I've always been blown away by something. Even this, if nothing else, and I'm, just, I'm here now having a great time. Yeah. Since we don't, we can't do that. We don't do that. We don't have the same feeling that we did when we were younger. Like this is the next best thing, and this really, this really did it for me. I was, I was, <laughs> you were just blown was, away, yeah, by a free was, record, by a free record. Not even like blown away by like the, the complexity or how amazing it was. Just like just by how like wholesome and, and hearty it was. Yeah, it's very that that wholesome rock and roll sound, oh. which at the time wasn't even wholesome. It was considered like devil's music. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so weird to think about? Dude, just like again, that white dress she was wearing, that she's dancing around, and you can tell that she's not like English is not her first language because you can some of the way she's some of the the way she says English words mm-hmm. sound they have like a little accent to them. Everything about it was just absolutely perfect. Bill Haley's ugly too; he's <laughs> ugly ass man. I like how you double down on that one. Because he, he's like a George Costanza, like the rock world. Like it's, yeah. Oh, my God. For for being like one uh, of the top three like pioneers of, of rock and roll, it's just like, come on, man. Like Chuck Berry was cool from day one. Yeah, but he wasn't. He was an ugly man. My voice cracked, too. But he was cool, though. That's true. 
He That's played the piano with his feet sometimes. That was cool. Fucking so silly. <laughs> that was cool. Knucklehead does that now. Just fucking rip into him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if anybody ever did that after Ch- after after Little Richard, there's no way we'd, we'd we'd ever let him down. True. 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 The first and the last person that could ever do it. <laughs> all right. So, is that all you got? That's it, baby boy. That's it. Okay. On me. Uh, first thing here for me. Uh, this one I got double nickels. I think double nickels. You found it in a in that box, I think, and it's Atomic Rooster. Uh, it's their album in Hearing of, uh, but this is not an album that Carl Palmer played on. No, which you told me afterwards, but it was totally fine. It's their third record, came out in '71, uh, and it's uh, it was really good. It's like a cool like hard rock with a, a tinge of prog rock thrown in there. It was interesting. It, it kept my attention, and then reading more about it, apparently on the the picture on the album. Of the, I think there's four guys, but those four guys never actually played together, live or in the studio or anything like that. Like at the, at the time when this record was made, like a bunch of the guys hated each other, so like members were coming in and out. And by the time that they <laughs> took that picture right there, a couple of those band members weren't even in the band anymore. So it, it's just it's just really it, it just sounds like a shit show. Well, that's of fun. an album, <laughs> yeah. So the the actual band you see on the, the album, they've never played together ever in their entire life. So hmm. I thought that was interesting. But o- otherwise, it was a great record. That, I like the album cover a lot with that old lady with the ear horn. It's so <laughs> stupid. But it was really funny. So got that one. Was, it, was it, it worth a dollar? Oh, yeah. Uh, totally. I, I'll go back dollar. to it. I'll go back to it. So uh, the next one here is also kind of in the prog realm. It's The Who. And it's uh, their album uh, Quadrophenia. Their Ooh. sixth album came out in '73. Uh, I didn't know that, but know this, but Pete Townshend actually uh, composed everything on it. This did is I, the only time that he ever that he did everything for the Who. Didn't I give this Who one record. to you? Yeah, you gave this one to me. You just fucking now listen to it. Yeah, it's been in my backlog for a while. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, Pete Townshend just was randomly like pulled it the out. The original punker, like if not the original punker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, we kind of t- I mean, we this, touched upon that last week. This doesn't like showcase his, his punk beginnings, but this is this is a banger of an album. Yeah, and I, the I put side A on, and it was it was going, and I'm like, oh, dude, this record's fucked. Like it just sounded so bad. Like everything sounded really far away, and what? it just sounded really staticky and noisy. I'm like, god damn it. So I, like I stop it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, there's no scratches, nothing. Doesn't look like anything bad. I cleaned it, and I'm like, wow, okay, I'll throw it back on. So I throw it back on. It was still doing it. Like, God damn it, this is fucking annoying. So I waited like a minute and then the actual music started. So like the beginning of the record is like seagulls and like ambient noises. But is it? I don't yeah. That. And I was just like I was just like God damn I was just like pissed, you know, even though it was free or how or maybe a dollar, however much I paid for it. But I was just like annoyed. And then I cleaned it and then come to find out that wasn't the issue, it was because it was just like noises. <laughs> so that was annoying. Stupid. <laughs> But yeah, and then also this record's annoying too because it's one of those ones where one LP is side A and side four, or side yeah. A and side side D. So and I hate that shit. It's so dumb. Yeah. But anyway, that's my little tangent on that. But otherwise, it's a great record. I, I really enjoyed it. But I don't know if I'm ever gonna really listen to the Who again, or like you know go out and buy more of the records. I thought the rhythm section was just 
amazing. It just was so good. But I don't know. It wasn't enough for me to want to go buy more from The Who. Okay. Not to say it's bad, but it's not for All me, right. I guess. Uh, the next one here I got is uh, Van Halen, their album Diver Down, their fifth album from 82. And um, when we when we did the Van Halen listen through months ago, I remember liking it a lot more than I did this week when I listened to it. I was just kind of a little bit disappointed because there's so many covers. Five of the 12 songs are covers. But they're so good, they're dude. They're good. They Pretty are really woman. good. It's no, better I, than the original. Not not really, no. It's oh, like, dude, it it's totally good. is. It's really good, but it, it's just like I, when I listen to Van Halen, I want Van Halen. You know, I don't want all cover or mostly covers. You get it, though. You get little guitars, the intro you and do. little no, guitars. I know. Like, I know. That's like I the know. Er- eruption I sequel. I know, but it's just comparing it to the other. Not to say that this record's bad because it's not, but comparing it to everything else. It's just a little bit lackluster because it kind of seems like they were going through the motions and reading more about it. They didn't really want to make this record. They were kind of forced to by the label. So that's why they did all the covers. So, yeah, I don't know. It's good. But I I mean, honestly, their other records are just so beyond perfect that why even go back to Diver Down? What's the point? Pretty Woman's good. The original's better. No, it's not. The original yes, it is. is. It's 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 so cool how 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 DLR can can change, like just pretty woman, the two words, and the oh pretty woman, like the two yeah. words, oh pretty woman, like like the I, I can't remember who did the original one, but like that one was about either. like I don't know, like respecting a woman, and David Lee Roth turns it into like almost like a smut talking of somebody, and it's just I don't know, it's just really cool how he can change like the entire dynamic of the sound and but still keep the integrity of it because you're still idolizing mm-hmm. a woman, but one was kind of in a respectful way, like the original. And then he was in a sleaze way. Cause that's who he was and kind of his, his image. And that's so rad. It is a fucking cool cover. <laughs> I mean, it's a good record. I'm not, I'm not oh. talking shit on the album. It, Cause and it is I a just, good album. We, I think I just talked about little guitars like last week or the week before to how amazing. Maybe guitars you might is. have. Yeah, you might have. Anyway, it's, it's good. It's good. Definitely not their best. So, Sorry. No, I don't. Uh, the, this next one I picked up from Glasshouse this weekend. Uh, I, I mean, they were they were doing a a sale twenty one percent off of everything that you buy because they hit twenty one thousand followers on Instagram. So they were doing a sale this weekend, which I didn't even know about until I was there. And then they rang me up, so I saved like I think it was like twenty six dollars or something. Damn. But yeah, so pretty much, I mean, doing the math, it, it kind of justified me getting this record. Because it was Metallica and the album and Justice for All. I never really see it for cheap. Like I usually never see it cheaper than like maybe twenty seven dollars. So I picked it up for thirty. But you know, because I got such a frat discount, you know, I'll just say I got it for ten bucks, you know. So uh it's it's a double LP. It's like digitally re- it's like totally remastered. And uh oh man, it sounds great. I mean lack of bass, you know, whatever. That's just how it was recorded, but Outside of that, oh my god, dude! It's I I cranked it on my on my on my play on my speakers and fuck, it sounded so good. It was so loud and just I uh, just I love this record. I just I don't go back to it as much because it's my least favorite of the four, the first four. But it's still so good. It's a perfect record. Uh, it's, I love it. Damn. I love this front to back, dude. It's just it just fucking rips your face off. It's so good. I don't know why you hate it, but I just I don't I don't know I don't. I mean, I don't go back to a lot of Metallica. 
just four, and this is not one of the four. Maybe I should, though. Yeah, you should. It makes me, after listening to it, it makes me want to go back and buy better copies of their first three records. Because, you know, we have the, the cheaper puppets and Ride the Lightning and even Kill 'Em All. And you and I both agree. Are, wait, you have, you have puppets too, right? Yeah, puppets and lightning. Yeah. yeah, puppets. Okay, so and we both agree puppets is very quiet. Our copies are very quiet. And then Ride yeah. the Lightning is, is a little bit is lackluster. So I, I want to get like Puppets. good, nice copies of those two records for sure. But Dude, I, I wish that Aldo didn't sell that Megaforce 45 RPM Ride the Lightning, but he sold it before you got to Arizona. Yeah. Because I wanted to listen to it, and he's like, oh, yeah, I sold it. <sighs> That's such a bummer. Such a bummer. Because it sucks, man. It's, such a sh- it's a fantastic album, but it, it, it sounds like shit. But it's the way it was recorded. I mean, you, so you can only do so much. It's, you can only do so much in, in remastering it. But, but that's after yeah. Electra, Electra got their fingers in it. Because supposedly the, the Megaforce pressings, because they're at 45, I guess, they sound exponentially better. But they go for like 200 bucks. Yeah. But even then, I, I don't know how much better they could sound. They've really got to sound better. Maybe. Maybe, or it's probably just so much because of, you know, it's it's such a rarity because there weren't that many copies made of it. I mean, that's why Maybe. it's so much. That's true. I don't know. Uh, so another one here. I've been in my backlog for a couple of weeks since I left your house, and that's uh, Google Bordello, the Gypsy Punks record. I finally listened to it. And, uh, I mean, it's we'll get into it next week because that's what we're doing next week. So I won't talk about it any, any further. Okay. Uh, Radiohead, listen to their album Kid A. This one I got from Sloan, pretty much free. I traded him like five records for it, uh, records that were I was purging. Because honestly, he would have enjoyed those four records more than he would he would enjoy this Radiohead record. Yeah, so, this is this is too much. It's it was too complicated. Was, too complicated. Oh, too complicated for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, I mean, we did this on the pod like a few months ago, and I, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite of theirs, but it was. I liked it a lot, but. Listening to it now outside of the context of their entire discography, it's much better. Much better than I remember. It's it's solid. I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I traded Sloan for it. I I really mm. enjoyed my listen. Mm. I'm not gonna mm. say I'm like a full blown radiohead man, but it was pretty good. PG man. Give it like PG. give it like nine, maybe ten more listens. Oh okay. you'll change. You'll change. Yeah. I mean that tactic always works, so But it does sound uh, really nice, right? It does. It it sounds great. <laughs> I was surprised. Like I, all the little nuances I was I was hearing that I just don't remember hearing because you know I was probably driving in my car or who knows what else. Yeah, it's just it's just a really well put together vinyl pressing. Mm-hmm. It sounds really nice. I I love it and it's probably up there in like my my nicer sounding ones. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I like. Let's not have a lot of nice sounding records. <laughs> No, I have a lot of nice sounding records, but nothing this fantastic. No, it does sound great. It does sound great. Uh, this one I picked up from Glasshouse this last weekend. It's a uh, Django Reinhardt. I picked up. I don't even know which one this is within the context of his career because he has he put out so much music before he died, and I, so this one is just listed as 1935 first recordings of the quintet of the Hot Club of France. <laughs> so that's quite a mouthful there. Uh, I mean, if you've ever heard Django Reinhardt, I mean, the guy was a, a, an amazing guitar player, especially considering 
he couldn't use two of his fingers on his left hand. So, I mean, it's just, it's really good jazz music of that, of the 30s. Gypsy jazz. I, yeah, gypsy jazz. I mean, that's what he, that's what he was. I mean, he was like Belgian born, but lived in France, lived in like a, like a fucking nomadic, nomadic gypsy group. And I don't know. Interesting life. Interesting life for sure. And then did you, have you ever read how he lost his fingers? Well, he didn't really lose them, but he lost like control of them. No. So he, uh, he didn't, he couldn't use his pinky finger or the ring finger on his left hand. And it was because he was, it was happened at night. He was with his wife sleeping in their wagon. As weird as that sounds. And as what his wife did for the, for the group was she made like acrylic fake flowers, but they were highly flammable. So the wagon caught fire somehow and all that stuff burned up so quickly that he had such bad burns on his bodies, more specifically on his hands, that he lost all use usage of his pinky and uh, ring finger. So that's why he was never able to use it. Dang. I thought that was insane. Yeah, I thought it was always like maybe he. I always thought like he lost his fingers, like got him cut off or something. Yeah, so they I were never still knew they there? were just. Like, they're still there. Yeah, and then I never thought of like looking at pictures of his hand. But if you look, his fingers are there, and it's just like he he could only use them to do like bar chords. To help with like bar chords, but other than that, like he couldn't, they weren't like mobile enough to actually like do any proper scales or anything like that. So essentially, he, would, he was doing like bar chords, but backwards, if that makes sense. Okay. But I don't really understand how that works. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know enough about music, but yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. That's so, weird. they just hang there? I mean, they, like, they, 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 I guess they can move like. Like I, I assume they were like just stiff. Like he couldn't bend the finger, but he could move them like back and forth, but just could not bend them at the joints. That's what I think. So I, I think he was like able adjusted tuning on his guitar or something to to help with those bar chords. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm that's sure so it was cool. something way more complex. But it's, that, it's a cool record. That's that's a cool story too. Like just because you can't use your fucking fingers doesn't mean you can't shred and. Like the dude does, sh- he's a shredder. He, yeah, he was, he, he was like shreds. one of the original, yeah, one <laughs> of the original shredders. Yeah, and he like never, he only came to, to the United States, I think, once to tour. And then, yeah, otherwise he just spent all of his time in Europe and made a name for himself there and then eventually here after he died. So, that's pretty awesome. crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the next one I got here, I was really surprised it came across, across this one. Uh, it was in the new arrivals bin at, uh, at glass house last week last weekend and uh it's the jimmy chamberlain experience uh jimmy chamberlain complex hmm. uh it's this it's their second record the parable parable i don't know how to pronounce that right but should be jimmy chamberlain is the drummer for smashing pumpkins if you don't know and this is his jazz group that he they've done two records and they've played tons of shows over the years but this one uh, came out in 2017 and i've, I've always liked this record and I, I just coming across it i was just so stoked. I immediately snatched it and just like, I, I was just so happy I even found anything Jim or Jimmy Chamberlain related. So I was super stoked about it. And it just, it's so cool, man. It's just like really cool free jazz. It's, it's nice. It's really nice. It's, it was a great listen. I think you'd really like it, Jeff. I think really I listened do. to like, like something when we were doing the Smashing Pumpkins and yeah. I was really interested and I thought it was really good. But because we were doing a lot of pumpkins that week. I never dove into it. So I'm definitely interested in hearing more of it. I think the second record's better than the first, but 
yeah, it's I, I I recommend everyone listening to it. It's just solid jazz, and I mean Jimmy Chamberlain. He's one of the greatest drummers ever. So that was a long week. <laughs> it was a great week. Well, it wasn't it was a bad months. week, but it was definitely a long week. <sighs> okay, okay. Uh, this next one here was also from Glasshouse. Actually, the rest of the stuff is all from Glasshouse, and uh, this one, I I was I, I was there for about two hour, almost two hours, just just you know, deep diving into these records, just trying to find stuff. And so I had gone through, cause they, they always have like a really a ton of new, new arrivals that takes about like 30 to 40 minutes just to go through the new arrivals. So I'd gone through all that, had done all this stuff. I was kind of just like perusing little sections I hadn't got to yet. So I was walking by the new arrivals and, and I'm looking and then I just kind of noticed and I saw magma and I'm like, Holy fuck. Oh. So I, I went and grabbed it real. Cause it was just sitting there right in the front. Like, it was just there, and I had just gone through the through the new arrivals. Like I'd literally just done that, so I was super stoked. I grabbed it. I was looking at. I pulled the record out just to make sure it was Magma. So I, and then I, I went up to the counter. I'm like, "Hey, did you just put this out?" He's like, "Oh yeah, like less than a minute ago, I put it out." I'm like, <laughs> oh fuck yes! Oh this yes, I, got it. I finally got a Magma <laughs> record. Finally got it. So, I mean, it's so stupid because you could buy their shit online. Like it's not like it's super hard to find, but it's the first time I've seen them in the wild. I've so never seen stupid in the excitement. I was stoked. So, uh, I got I got their it's their sixth record. It's called Udu Wudu. Uh, came out in 1976, and uh, I mean, it, they're just this cool French prog rock jazz weird band that have made up their own language because the the drummer is the frontman, like he's the mastermind behind the whole band, and he felt like lyrically and vocally he couldn't get what he wanted to to convey. Melody wise with like any current languages So he just made up his own language And that's their music And it's super bizarre And I love it Magma is just so cool And they have like really cool cover art And cool artwork in general Great music Great songs it's their, Good stuff It's their logo Like their logo When we first started doing like the vinyl thing And I was really getting into Prague And I came across Magma I said, I've seen that logo before Like I know I've seen that logo numerous times and it's like dude that fucking logo is so iconic yeah it really is i don't even know how to explain it, really, really it. They, like f- it's I, like I a know. flame but it's not like a pointy bird yeah i don't know it's 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 a weird logo for sure i i, I originally heard of them like over 10 years ago when uh mars Vol- or omar and cedric were doing an interview with Nard- with nardwar <laughs> and then cedric started talking about magma and how much like they influenced the mars volta and you know, talking about how they make up their own language and they're just like the coolest thing ever. So I remember like right when I heard that interview, I went and looked them up and read all about them and all that shit. But they're really cool. They're, they're really underrated. But yet they're like wildly popular at the same time. I don't know. They're cool. They're cool stuff. Cool guys. I've, I've still never. I mean, there's like four prog groups that I always look out for and I've never seen this out there. They get snatched up so fast. Like I remember... Like a month ago, when I went to Glass House with Mike, that morning, they uh, they said, "Oh, they post like they post some of the stuff that they're putting out on the shelves when they open." And Mike got Mike and I got there like maybe three or four hours after they they opened, and they had put up like two Magma records that they were put out in stores and they were already gone by the time we got there. <laughs> so that was a bummer. That was a bummer. But anyway, I got this one and I'm stoked about it. So. If anybody out there ever comes across Magma in the wild, buy it for me. So <laughs> <laughs> Buy it for me. Yes. Uh, and then so 
also from Glasshouse, like I said, another prog group, uh, Focus. This is the band from, fuck, where are they from? Amsterdam? No. I don't like uh, I can't even remember Netherlands right now. Netherlands or something? Or? Nether- yeah, Netherlands or Denmark. I don't, I can't even remember right now. I guess Amsterdam uh, would have been fine if they're from the Netherlands. Yeah, same place. Um, so this is, the, I got their first record. Uh, it was originally called Focus Place Focus. But then after one year, they uh, they re- retitled it to In and Out of Focus, and that's the one I got. It came out in 1970, and uh, I've only ever really listened to the Moving Waves record like a lot, and I really like that one. And then I think I got like their sixth or seventh record a few months ago. I thought it was good, but this one just like blew me away. This one was fucking great. Their first record, damn dude, it's just it's everything you want from Focus and just some wild flute solos, but they, for whatever reason, they work so well in the context of these songs. It's fantastic. Really, really good, really good album. Mm. Highly recommend it if you come across it. And I mean, every Focus album I've come across has never been more than $5, ever. That's true. That's a plus. I paid $4 for this one. So... I only ever Not see their bad. second one though. Their second one and like their their fourth one that I have. Like I only see ever see those ones. So what's the second one? The focus. The focus two. Moving waves. Oh, moving waves. Okay, and then then the fourth one was the green cover, right? Hamburger concert or hamburger concerto or some shit like that. I've never, I, I've never seen that one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so I got that one. Good stuffs. Um, almost done. We got two left. I picked up. Uh, by your recommendation, I picked up uh, Carmen, the band Carmen, mm. and their mm. album Fandangos mm. in Space. And I was a little <laughs> apprehensive. It was it was a little pricey for a prog record because I usually don't pay a lot for them. So I, I asked you about it, like, how much did you pay for yours? Is it really that good? So I just did it. I just bought it. It's their first album. came out in 73. And uh, this blew me away. This is so cool. This is so good. <laughs> all through, Like, all the way through. I was just, it was just so good. It was a great prog night for me. Great prog night, and um, well worth the ten dollars. I guess they only put out three records, oh, in like a three-year span or two-year span, and then they they just broke up because they just didn't want to play together anymore. Like it wasn't even like anything bad. They just didn't really care to play music with each other anymore. Yeah, and then they never reunited. They're they're just one of those weird bands that never did any sort of one-off shows, never did anything since they broke up, which is kind of cool. You don't it's, see that very often. I don't know. It's it's like it's it's respectable because like you don't have to reunite, right? If you don't want to do it anymore, don't do it anymore. Yeah. And I think I think it's fine. I I don't know. It's it's cool. And yeah. dude, but that album's a banger. And I paid ten dollars yeah. for mine as well too. So. Yeah, and they uh, they they did like a three month tour with Jethro Tull back in the day, and uh, and yeah, they just they were they were cool, and they had uh, dancers up on stage that would just do like. I don't know. They would just dance. They're very weird for that time period. And just the, 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 the mashup of styles with the flamenco guitar. And it was cool. It was really cool prog music. So I'm glad I got that one. And then that leads me into my, my pick of the week. This one I bought because one, it was cheap. The cover looked like a guy who probably looks like he was pretty good on guitar. And it's a guy named James Blood Ulmer. Um, and the album is called Freelancing. It's his third record. Uh, came out in 1981. So I, I knew nothing about it, and I was like, okay, it's three bucks. If it's bad, whatever, I'll just purge it. So three I had bucks. like, so I had like no expectations. 
and I was just and I was kind of like dreading listening to it, but then I had already listened to like almost everything I got from Glasshouse, so like fuck it, I'll just put it on, and fuck, dude, I was blown away. This was so cool. Th- this like I told you, this is like how I felt when I first heard Mahavishnu. Like I was just like I couldn't believe that this music existed. This guy rips it up on guitar. He sings as well, but most of the record is is just instrumental and he just he has this style of playing like that reminds me a lot of Omar. It's very choppy and it's very like aggressive and violent sounding in a way, but still like super technical. I don't know. He's damn, he's so fucking good. And then you match it up with like the, I don't forgot I think I forgot who the bass player was. But there wasn't a lot of information on him, but he had, he does some crazy funk, like slap bass, and just the the this the combo combination of styles on this record are just all over the place. But damn, it works so well with the funk, the blues, the hard rock, the prog, the jazz. It's it's unreal. This album is fucking unreal. I've listened to it three times already. Damn, it's so good. I listened to it. Yeah, I listened to it three times. <laughs> I love it. I I, I think it's fantastic. It was uh, it was fucking weird. He was like a dude, like a Texas. He, he's like all over the place, and then you can't even yeah. tell sometimes if he's playing like a lower guitar bass line or if there's an actual bass player that's playing a higher, playing like higher notes. Like yes, yeah. it's, it's it's hard to tell. Like he could very well be doing all of it. I don't know, and it's just the way everything blends together is 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 mystifying. I know it, it's. And then when you look at a picture, I'm like, another reason why I picked it up, because like in the, on the album art, it's just a picture of him playing the guitar, but he plays like a, uh, like a, it, it, what it is, it's called like a, a Gibson Ladybird or something like that. It's a guitar I've never heard of, but it's very much a style of like the big Gretsch guitars. So he's playing one of those, but he's dressed in like a Nigerian, like, like Nigerian clothes. So I'm, I, I don't know, just like that whole combination of, of his look just was something that just kind of like intrigued me and made me wonder, okay, this could be good for $3. So that's so awesome. $3. $3. And it just blew me away. So here's uh here's the opener of the, the album. It's called timeless um, from James blood. Omer.
right, there's a bit of the song Timeless from James Blood Ulmer. It's hard because like so much of this record doesn't even sound like this too. Like it's it's so all over the place, so it doesn't really give a good example <laughs> of what the record sounds like. Because uh, that was like more avant-garde, like jazz, just like fucked up sounding. But there are parts that are also really melodic and oh man, dude, it's so good. What a great record. No yeah, from what I heard, I I was I was thoroughly impressed, and I will now keep an eye out for this guy. Oh man, I imagine all of his stuff is fairly cheap. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine it being more than maybe seven or eight dollars for one of his records. So yeah, that's, that's not bad at all. No, so keep an eye out for for this guy. He has, I think, it looks like he has. I'm looking at his wiki right now. As a leader, it looks like he has maybe thirty records. <laughs> oh my! So I'm God. sure you'll. Uh, and the the last one he put out, well, that includes like some live records too. So the last one he put out was a live record in 2013. So yeah, so he's still alive. He's, he still performs, I think, but yeah, no, it's good stuff. First album came out in 79 and yeah, there you go. Great stuff. Damn, look Great at stuff. that. Yeah. Really? Oh, dude, it's so good. Dude, anyway. Two two songs of the week that we were blown away by. <laughs> I know, right? So cool. What a week. Ah, what a what a time to be alive with this vinyl. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Okay, so that that's it for the vinyls and the the songs of the week. Let's uh, wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. Uh, oh, this I want to talk about because you did listen to this actually on vinyl. You got it. Uh, oh yeah. A day to yep. remember. A day yeah. to remember their new record. You're welcome. They the record came out I think what two three weeks ago. And, no, uh, it came out like two three days ago. Oh, it did. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Well, I, I guess because they put they've already put like half the record out online over the last year. I oh, felt yeah. like it came out already. But everything I had heard, I thought wasn't good. Um, and I, I warned you not to buy this album. Well, it was it was like twenty bucks and. I just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. And after I bought it, like it sold out immediately. So I was, I was kind of, I was happy because I thought, you know, no matter what, at least I can sell it for what I paid for it. Cause I wouldn't want to sell it for, you know, double, but I wanted to make a little bit of money to buy their earlier records. Cause this is just not, it's trash. This is not, to, this, this is not okay. It's not trash. It's <laughs> so first of all, the album's called you're welcome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have been writing music and, and recording and working on this for years. And I get it. This is supposed to come out like during the pandemic and when everybody was in quarantine, but it was delayed until now. And I don't know, man, calling it. You're welcome. Like, who are they talking to? Are they talking to me? Like, am I supposed to thank them? <laughs> I, like that alone kind of irritated me. Mm-hmm. And so I like, listened to this again, dude, the first track is not bad. The The first track, much like bad vibrations, that mm, yes. that listen through was pretty good, and I, was, I I thought, holy shit, dude, these guys are doing it again. I love it. This is cool. <laughs> but like, <laughs> literally, the again. second song, dude, the second song up until the last song, kind of, kind of like danced around this electronic pop, and then kind of like an emo pop, and never mm-hmm. once did they ever get to like the metalcore sound that they did, even in their previous album, Bad Vibrations, which I've come to appreciate a lot more in recent in recent listens, but mm-hmm. this was just, this was sad. Dude. This was dumb. This was nobody in this band at any point 
showed me that they that they should belong in this band because these guys are not bad. They're not like you know historically good, but they're really they're mm-hmm. a really good band. When when they really shred it out and 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 when they all when they're all at their A game, they can really pump out some really good music, and they're all really good. But at no there was no there was no solos. There was no really cool guitar leads. Even like mm-hmm. Jeremy, the singer, he didn't belt anything out in like a higher register. He wouldn't yell. He didn't scream. There was no hardcore vocals. The breakdowns that they used were were like fucking some shit that you would hear in like a Taylor Swift song. It was just <laughs> like, why am I listening to this? This is yeah. fucking dumb. Yeah, it's true. So I was I was extremely disappointed. But seeing that they that, that the vinyl sold out really quick, and now on Discogs are going for like sixty bucks, I'm pretty confident I can get my money back. So. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's <sighs> unfortunate. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I took a gamble. After this, I for sure one hundred percent will not pre-order the new Offspring. That is not going to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> got burned so bad. Yeah, not not going to happen whatsoever. And then I, I tried so hard to not listen to any of the of, of the singles they put out, yeah. right? Because every time we post, I I didn't listen to any of them because like, I already pre-ordered. I'll listen to it when it comes out. And mm-hmm. yeah, this. Uh, this this was just dumb. <laughs> this is a this is another example of a band thinking that just because they do something different, it it automatically has to be good, and people have to like it. Like it's just that's not how it works. Like you can you can do something different, and it can be really bad. And, and this is like the kind of shit that that Atreyu's been pulling in the last couple of years since they started working with working with Feldman again. They 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 say oh we're just doing something different and the fans are haters like why are all our fans such little wusses and why do they hate our music so much and it's because you're making music that your fans don't like like why is that such a shock yeah. to them why I don't understand why that's such a shock like if you if you went and started another band with even with all the members but called it something different that would be I mean fans would treat it much differently you wouldn't it wouldn't be as popular probably but. You know, I mean, you can't you can't expect your fans to love everything you do. That's ridiculous. It's <sighs> so uh, annoying. Much like the Treyu songs that we'll talk about in a minute, it's like this doesn't even sound like they were trying. Mm-hmm. This because Bad Vibrations when I like my first listen, I thought fifty percent of that album was bangers, and yeah. the other fifty percent was stinkers, <laughs> and I was upset. And then I I kind of gave it like another shot and listened to it more. And then I, I've I've come to appreciate like the growth of the band, and that's why the album is separated kind of in halves, and and kind of the content they lyrically they talked about in the second half is a little bit different than what they've done, and they're growing, they're growing. They acknowledge that, hey man, like our music's probably not going to be what we want it to be. We're never going to have another clarity. Not going to happen. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing the the album of the week. We're never going to have another clarity. We've tried to do it. We can't do it. So we're just going to move forward now. But this one, this one just doesn't make any sense. Coming off Bad <laughs> Vibrations, where they did use a lot of a lot of slower paced music. They did have a lot, you know, several other writers come in, other producers come in and help them write music, whatever, for whatever that's worth. But this one just didn't make any fucking sense. There was no direction to this. You have mm-hmm. one song that sounded like okay when's the breakdown gonna happen but it never does and then the next song right after is this fucking edm inspired bullshit song and it's just stupid <laughs> the pacing's weird the sequencing is weird the songs don't make any sense and it's, it's just dumb you just hate it you hate it I, I don't i don't hate it it's not a bad record 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, like if I had to get, I, I would give it a one on our scale. Like, you should listen to it once. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Cause it, I mean, I do like this band a lot and they've put like their report card is fucking good. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, all right. Well, moving on to a band that has done the same thing. They, <laughs> they've they've changed their style of music and i mean i i honestly feel it's for the worst and people i know around me agree and i'm not like the only we're not like the only small group of people that agree that agree with that but it's a trey you they their last record in our wake was not a good record the three songs that they put out um uh so far for their new record not very good one of them was okay but still it's just the way just everything sounds just sounds so weird, just so unnecessarily loud and just like <laughs> heavy in like all the weird ways. Like it, like it sounds like it shouldn't be heavy, but for whatever reason, I think it's only heavy because it's so loud. If that makes sense. Like it's yeah. just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. And then this one song, well, the two songs they put out, one was called warrior and the other one is called underrated. And, uh, the one called Warrior, that one features Travis tra- features Travis Barker on drums. And I mean, this is like truly trash. The song is so bad. I actually want <laughs> I actually want to I want to play it. It's so because awful. it's so bad. It's so bad. And I'm and I'm not even talking about the drumline part. I'm not even going to get to the drumline part. I just here it is. Here's the song Warrior from Atreyu featuring Travis Barker. There's a Treyu with a new song Warrior with Travis Barker. Listen to Travis drums. Listen to his drum performance on that. Oof. You know what's Oof. funny though? Is what? is okay, so Brandon is like the the drummer and singer, right? Well now he's just the singer. He they they got a different drummer now. Like as of like very recently? Well, because they, they fired or they got rid of Al- Alex left the band. The screamer. But he didn't play anything. Oh, but he, he was the vocalist. He was the the screamer. I thought, it, was, I thought he was only yeah, he was only the dirty vocalist. Yeah, he was only Brandon the dirty was a vocalist. clean vocalist and yeah. a drummer. Yeah. Okay. So, I was, so, I was so now that say, Alex is gone, now that Alex is gone, Brandon is the front man. He's not playing drums anymore. And yeah, so 
So, so he's doing like the unclean vocals. He's doing all. He's doing. He's not doing any of the yelling or screaming that you hear is done by the bass player. Bass oh, player does God, the screaming. This yeah. fucking band. Yeah. Because then I was thinking, I, I was, I was just thinking like, okay, so Brandon, he does the clean vocals and plays the drums. Now you get a real drummer in here who isn't concentrating on singing at the same time. There's no fucking way they're going to be able to play this song live the way it sounds on the studio. <laughs> but that makes sense that he's not playing the drums anymore. But yeah, that's also yeah, very he, lame too. It's very, it just, it he kinda, did it for so I, long. He did it for so long, but then like what I've always thought and from what I've heard behind the scenes years. is that like he's always wanted to be like the front guy and there were, there have always been issues with Alex and not being able to sing clean and and I mean this I mean I, I don't know I like Brandon's drumming a lot and I like his vocals on a lot of the songs a lot of the records but I feel like since they got back with Feldy I just it's become the Brandon Soller show like there's nothing like before before in our wake that record Dan the guitar Dan and Travis the guitar players like they had this like cool style they had this cool back and forth that they would do on the guitar they would just like play like cool riffs they had cool guitar solos but all of that's gone like there's no it's just like ballad like it's just ballad after ballad and then I've noticed on the new song since Alex left especially since he left that there aren't really any verses like or there are but they're so short like it's all hook. Like th- this song starts out with the hook, a very short verse, a hook, a, an even shorter verse, and then like two more hooks, and then that really bad bridge, and then it ends with like three or four different hooks or the same hook. Like it's just that's all they rely on is that, is that, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of the music I mean, it, listens to. They do the same shit in that metalcore genre now. I mean, it's a style, obviously, but I. I don't know. It's just like, especially knowing what they're capable of and like that they can experiment and they can be good when they experiment. But this is just like a bad experiment. This is not even the one, the first record they did with Feldy back in 2007, 2008, whenever that was. I, I still think that's a solid record. Which one was that one? Lead Sales. Uh, oh, yeah. That's fine. I mean, it, it was a definite departure from The Curse and Death Grip, but it was still a solid output from the band. So I don't know. Their new shit sucks. It makes me so... It just bums me out. It just really <laughs> does. They're just like one of my favorite bands. I just followed them for so long. I've literally been following them since right before their first record came out. Like, but the only, They only had that one EP. And like I've just been following... I've literally followed them through and through everything. And it's just like... It sucks when you see a band that you like so much. Just this. Ugh, it's such a, yeah, such a disappointment. Not, I mean, I, I haven't followed them at all, ever. But... Yeah. It's it's so easy to like them because they're like us, dude. They're from our our area. Like they yeah. were. They us, literally went to our high school. Yeah, they literally they, went to our high school. They were us. So like, it's so easy to like this band. And I mean, this band probably gets a lot of passes from you because of that fact. Well, yeah, and just because so, I followed them for so long, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, nobody that went to our high school hates Atreyu. you. At least. Everybody that doesn't even like this music, oh, Trey, they went to our high school. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Like it's it's so easy to like this band because I don't know, like some type of pride, I guess, within the community yeah. exists. It's very true. But they're making it hard. <laughs> they're making it very difficult. <laughs> this is not. This is just trash. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of thought that it, how it says it features Travis Barker. 
I think he doesn't play. I don't. I, I just realized he probably doesn't play drums on the whole song. It's probably just He's that bridge. programming or something. Well, no, it's just probably the bridge, oh. the the that drumline part. That's probably all he plays is the drumline part. Oh, that's that's ugly too. Yeah, it really does not fit the song whatsoever. Do they think they're Slipknot or something? Come on, the fuck <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. So those are the the two new songs. Uh, that's all I got. There was nothing really for other new music, but some music news. Uh, might be interested in. I don't know. Smashing Pumpkins. They're they have a bunch of songs recorded or uh, written, so they're going in to record it right now. More likely than not, it's going to be done. It'll the recording will probably be done in like a month, month and a half, and then mixing, mastering. I expect it to be out by the end of the year. Fingers crossed. I don't know <laughs> by early two thousand thirty. No, come on. They <laughs> no, they they're not, they're not crazy like that. They put out music pretty quick, or Billy Corgan does. So. I feel like he's like on a good good kick right now. Like he's just he's in the studio a lot. He's doing a lot. So I, I I'm thinking. What else you got to do? Uh, it's true. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not playing shows, so might as well. So, uh, yeah. So look out for new Smashing Pumpkins. I for sure we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to force you to listen to it too. Tight. Uh, next thing here, Wu Tang Clan. Uh, they're doing another stupid publicity stunt uh, by selling some stupid book a 400 pound book photo book <laughs> there's only 36 copies of it being made it's selling for fuck i don't get like a way too much money how much is it i mean it doesn't really matter what it's going to sell for it, what really matters is what it's going to resell for true yeah because there's true. no fuck they're, they're only making 36 copies there's no way 36 people are gonna are gonna not want to resell this for but it's also 400 pounds <laughs> Triple. I mean, what, what, what's like the the, the word for a hundred times the price, right? Because if this sells for a hundred bucks, somebody's gonna want ten thousand dollars for it. Yeah, that's true. It's true. This is fucking dumb, dude. This band it's is very a, stupid. God, this band is, dude. I don't even know. Like, why? It's just I don't get why they do this. They just do it just to be extravagant, and it it's really annoying. <sighs> do you want to do about so that much? The, the, I don't know. I just, it just really irritates me. They could do so much better. I, I like this. This is so dumb. But they could have done this and then put the money back into fucking what are you from Long Island or something? Yes, wherever maybe. they're from in, in New York. Like I don't know. Did they could they could do something good? Because <laughs> this is like arguably like you ask anybody. They, we're talking like top five hip hop groups of all time. Yeah, no, you're and totally to, right. To use their clout to slang cheap merchandise. Ugh, I'm not cheap, but. No, this is, I'm not cheap, like like physically cheap, but cheap in oh, like that, a metaphorical sense. Yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like this is cheap, dude. This is pathetic. Yeah, it's really, really silly. I mean, like go back and like remaster your old stuff or do something with the music, you know? Ah, it's just it's just really dumb. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't well, like most it, of sir. these guys have a phenomenal solo career. Like, <laughs> yeah, what's the point of doing this? Do you need the money? They don't need the money. Best member's dead, so... Well, get out of here. He's not the best member. Anyway, um, no, he wasn't. And uh, so one last thing here. Uh, Mars Volta, the Mars Volta, they are reissuing all of their records on vinyl. Um, It's a big thing. The box sets out. If you know Jeff or I personally, you know that we've been talking about this extensively amongst our group of friends. And it's expensive. It's 500 bucks. And um, 
yeah, only 5,000 copies of it are being made. It's still for sale in a few places probably by the time you listen to this. So I don't know. Don't, if you want to buy it, don't get stuck. Find it on eBay because scalpers have taken over and it's really annoying. Including They're our already friend. already scalping, so. Including our friend. Dang, calls him out. Hey, man, he says there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, so if well, he says there's nothing wrong with it, it. He, he says there's, I mean, he scalps a lot of things and he says there's just, it's not morally wrong. It's not fucked up. So, I mean, he, he takes pride in, in scalping things. It really does boggle my mind that somebody thinks that it's not morally wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that, like legally, then that's a different story. But to legit believe that what you're scalping is not morally wrong is, like, <laughs> dude, you got to be a psychopath. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no ifs, ands, uh, or buts. Yeah, no maybe, buts, no maybe. cuts, no coconuts. Coconuts. All right. Well, do you got anything else to say about the Mars Volta thing? Because I, I know for sure we're going to talk, be talking about this a lot in about a month and a half when it's released on uh, April 23rd. So, <laughs> um, no, that's that's all I got to say then. Okay. I mean, wait, wait. Do you wait, do you sound like you do want to say something? But you're not. I, mean, I, I do, but I can't. What do you say? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Probably for the best. But anyway. You never know. <laughs> all right. So this is Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening to the pod. Uh, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into the Jimmy E. World record, Bleed American. So that's it. That's all. Good day. Jason Shotter.